Good morning, everybody. Uh, great to be here. Uh, it's great to come back to places, some faces you've recognised from before, and it's great when you see new faces you haven't seen before, so uh, that's always a very good sign, I think, in a church. Go with the first slide. Now, if we get asked to speak, quite often it's on subjects which get the juices going. Maybe it's on love or joy or hope or peace. But uh, Simon gave me authority. <laughs> authority. It's a bit like discipline, isn't it, really? It's not a word which we get excited about, which you think, wow, I could talk on authority. Oh, I can't wait for that. You know, you won't see over the next few weeks, I don't think, any of the political parties leading on authority. I don't think it's going to be their main target. And even if I give you the definition, where there's quite a few definitions, this is a a sort of composite one. The power and right to command thought, opinion and behavior and enforce obedience. Doesn't get any better, does it really? Doesn't really sort of get you going. So, why are we talking about it? Well, actually, it's really important to think and reflect on this area. I'm going to start off just by reflecting on, firstly, what are our attitudes? What are really our attitudes to authority, generally? Go to the next slide. Go to the next one after that. Sorry, John. Next. Question. That's what most of us do, I think in our heart of heart. We don't do it deliberately, but it's it's a cultural thing, really. We rebel against authority. We think we probably could do a better job, couldn't we, than the government? Or maybe in our workplace. You know, we could do it. What a mess they're making. Or maybe if a teacher or somebody else. We just generally feel we could do a better job than they're doing. And often it's because we've had a bad experience of authority or somebody we know has. And that colours our thinking about what authority is. But we do. We generally not a great lover of authority. And society is like that at the moment as well. We have this culture now which says, actually, we, the people, we decide who or what or how we're going to follow. Not obey, follow. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I make my choices. My choices only matter. And, you know, probably people would say, well, you know, this all changed in the 60s. That was a problem, wasn't it? You know, the, the swing 60s. This is when it all happened. Before then, authority meant something. After that, you know, the man, the government, that was the big problem. Authority was broken, burning the bar, bra, everything like that was thrown out the window. So it's a modern problem, this lack of respect for authority. But I wonder if it is. Because I actually think rebellion against authority is in the DNA of all human beings. Can go to the next slide. Now, actually, I think rebellion started in the Garden of Eden. This is about the only non-censored photo or picture I could find of the Garden of Eden. (laughs) All the others would have had bits covered up or taken away. So hopefully nobody's offended by this. 
So this is what happens in Genesis 2. The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. To take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but, but, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but you must not eat from the tree. So that's God's only command. Let's move on a bit further in Genesis. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food, and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her. And what did he do? He ate it. So, one simple command God gave to man, and he couldn't follow it. He rebelled against it. He did his own thing. I know best, not God. If I have this, then I know everything else. And from that moment, then he tried and hide away from God. He wanted to keep himself from God's presence. So we still do the same. We still rebel, and we still want to keep our distance away from authority. So, we rebel against authority. Go next slide, please, John. Second attitude, I would say, is a sort of compliant attitude to authority. It's a very passive attitude. I just do what I'm told. I don't think if it's right or wrong, I just do it. Because if I just do it, then I'm not responsible for it, am I? Because somebody else has told me to do it. So if I do it, it's not my fault. Okay? I'm not to blame. If it goes wrong, I was just doing what I was told. So it's almost a very passive thinking way of doing that. And a story, now, supposedly it's true, but it's one of these things which is probably a bit of a myth as well. And it hopefully illustrates this point. There was a farmer who was uh, in his tractor in his field. And along the road by the edge of his field, he saw a van drive up. One of the uh, men got out, dug a hole, went back into the van. Five minutes passed, and the man got out, put his spade and filled the hole back up again. He moved the van on 50 metres. First bloke gets out again, digs a hole. Goes back into the van. Five minutes later, the other chap comes out, fills the hole back up again. And this went up the whole road. And the farmer said, I've got to find out, what is this about? Very confusing. So he knocked on the van. Yes, sir? Could you ask me, what are you doing? He said, ah, oh, well, we're the council landscaping department and we're tree planting. So the farmer looked at him. Aren't you missing something? Nope. He said, my job, I dig the holes. Fred's job, he fills the holes. Bob, he plants the trees, he's away. Nothing wrong, we're just doing our job. And there's so many people, that's their reasoning. They do what they're told, that's all. Don't actually think about what's going on, what's the responsibilities around them. So, this is a general brush, but 
a lot of our attitudes either we rebel against authority or we're just very passive towards it. Quite a really powerful reading today. If you'd have the next slide, please, John. That's all about encounters with Jesus, which I think are fantastic. I love the Bible, but I think just the encounters with Jesus and finding out what he did and how he did it are really exciting. And this is a very different attitude to authority, a very positive attitude, demonstrated through both actions and words. We start off just the tail end of response to a very famous, probably the most famous sermon Jesus gave, the Sermon on the Mount. He was on the mountainside, and he got this teaching, which probably lasted a few days. Actually going through would have been quite controversial to this huge crowd. Because he talked about anger. He talked about lust. He talked about divorce. He talked about money. He talked about attitudes to others, as well as prayer and fasting. Actually, I think if somebody spoke about those things today, you know, it would be pretty controversial as well. 2,000 years ago now, there isn't very much difference. So what's his reaction to this crowd? This crowd, who probably got a diverse thinking all those areas this is what it said when Jesus had finished saying these things the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law so by words he had what he said had authority the content wasn't easy but he had authority. When he moved down off the mountainside, we're told that he heals a man with leprosy and also the Roman centurion servant. But again, they both recognize Jesus' authority. The man with leprosy says this. It says this. He knelt down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you are willing, you can make me clean. He recognises Jesus' authority. And so did the Roman centurion. Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say the word. Jesus healed both men. He showed his authority in both words and actions. Can I have the next one, please, John? But that's only half the story. It's only half the story. The main point is, though, Jesus took responsibility for the authority shown in him. Yes, those people recognize his authority, but then Jesus had to take that responsibility given to him. And he did. If we read on a bit from there. If you remember the first, the man of leprosy. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reaches out his hands and touches the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Jesus took the step forward and took the responsibility. I am willing. With the Roman centurion, 
He said, Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. He stuck, he took a step forward and took responsibility. I will go and heal him. So Jesus had authority, but he took the responsibility of that authority. He was delegated from God, that authority, but he took it on himself. I am willing to take it on. The next slide, please, John. So we look around. Do we see that in society? Do we see that in our government, in our churches, in our families? Do people actually want to take on that responsibility, that authority which has been given to them, delegated? Yes, Jesus was delegated authority. He passed on to the apostles, and that's been passed on to us. And in Psalm 8, it says, this psalm is saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man, that you care for him? You made him little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You made him, as us, ruler of the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. So we have great authority, but with authority comes responsibility. Comes responsibility. But why has this not happened? I was thinking about this, I was reflecting. Why, why is it that we find taking that responsibility of the authority which we were given, even if it's we don't actually have authority maybe in our jobs. Or as parents or in different places, we all have some authority delegated to us. Why is it difficult to take that responsibility in this modern culture? Next one, please, John. I think it's deep inside, we all want to be popular. We all want to be liked by people. We want people who are around us to be happy. I know I do. You know, it's not nice if people don't feel the same way as you or are in conflict with you or have a strop over you. We don't like it, do we? We want to be popular. We want everything to be happy and nice. You know, government. You know, I think we've sort of lost something in government. It's sort of everything's by focus group. They're going to touch out. What do the people want? It's almost governed by consensus, isn't it? Actually, you tell us what we want, you want, and that will be our policies. Is that really leading with authority? I don't know. So we've got lobby groups having their little power comings, and suddenly the lobby groups decide actually what policies are, rather than government leading by authority. Governments seem to take a lot of energy in wanting to be re-elected, rather than actually leading and giving direction to the nation. Now what, now, what do the people want? That's what can we get elected for next? What do we need to say? And I think that's, you know, through every society, every organisation, that's often that happens now, that people want to be popular. I have children, and I know that's really difficult, that we want them 
to be happy. And uh, the problem, though, is it's sort of made worse by demands of modern society. And Michelle Elliott, who's um, the uh, chairperson of the uh, children's charity Kidscape, said this, some parents, to the lack of time, pressures of work and so forth, are trying to buy their children's love, which is toxic. They feel guilty, so when their children ask for things, they simply say, yes. Children now think that adults should need to earn their respect. Again, the desire to be popular has taken over from the need to have responsibility for authority. But again, I think if we go right back to the beginning, that Garden Eden, we can find the problem actually started there. So again in Genesis 3, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. What's his reaction? No. It's not the right thing. God told me not to. No. He hates it. Why? Why did he do that? Why did he just say no? I'm not going to. I think he wanted to be popular. He wanted to get on with the woman, his mate. The situation started there of wanting to be popular. Move on, please, John. Thank you. So, finishing off, our challenge. Our challenge. Responsibility with the authority we've been given. It's great to think that actually responsibility is good. I think most people would say, yes, responsibility is good. We should have responsibility. But actually putting into action is the difficult part. I'm a teacher and quite often we have uh, parents who really want to help their children. And you come to parents' evening and say, you know, so-and-so is really you know, struggling with their reading, we're trying this, will you do this at home? And some parents, yes, they say, yes, yes, we'll, we'll do that, we'll do this, we'll hear them every day. And they actually do. They take that responsibility. And it does affect the relationship the child has with their work and everything else. But you do get some parents who say, yes, yes, we'll do that, you know. And for two or three weeks, it's great. They hear them read, whatever. And then it starts to drop off, maybe once or twice. And then not at all for a couple of weeks. And you say, well, what's happened, you know? We talked about this and it seems to have dropped off. And they said, oh, well, you know, I've been really busy lately. You know, and he doesn't really want to do it. So, it's, it's, you know, he just wants to watch TV or play on his Xbox. And, you know, it's so much easier. I don't want any fights at night because, you know, I'm just tired. And yes, I have sympathy. Because I've been there. But we have a responsibility as well to put our values into action. And situations are difficult. And situations may not go as we want them to. But, you know, the amazing thing is that we do accept that responsibility. God will be there with us. It's not something we do on our own. And I love always going back to uh, the calling of Moses. But God says to him, why don't you go to Pharaoh and bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt? Simple. And Moses says, who am I? 
that I should go to Pharaoh and bring out the Israelites. And God said to him, I will be with you. And it keeps up his conversation, keeps going on, he keeps asking God, shows him signs. I think in the end, God runs out a bit of patience, which I can understand a bit. Because then he says, Oh Lord, I've, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Again, another excuse for not taking responsibility. God, Lord says to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who made him deaf or mute? Who gave him sight or made him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. And those ideas resonate through a whole of eternity. That's what God will be with us. Whatever the situation, however difficult, however challenging, and it will be taking responsibility, but God will be there with us, in the midst of us. His presence will be there. He will give us what we need. So, today, God is asking, are we willing to take that step forward? Whatever responsibility you have, are you like Jesus saying, I am willing? Because if we do, whatever we do, take that step forward, God will be there with us. His presence will be theirs. So, in your home, in your church, in your marriage, in your workplace, in your community, are you willing to take that responsibility under the guidance and support of the Holy Spirit? Because you know, God will work in your life powerfully if you do. It's tough, it's difficult, it's challenging. But we have been given that responsibility. Are we going to transform our values into action? Amen.